Spring has finally arrived and the transition from winter to spring is one of the more challenging transitions for our bodies to deal with each year. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about four things that you can do in the month of April to help that transition be a little bit smoother. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Wellness Simplified Podcast. Simple wellness tips to help you improve your life without turning it upside down. With your host, award-winning fitness instructor, nutrition coach, and wellness expert, Susie Fevens. Welcome back to the podcast. And if you are listening to this on release day, release weekend, happy Easter. It is April. It is Easter. Spring is here. All the good things. Like friends, we have made it through winter. We've made it through. I'm not saying we might not get a little bit more snow because who knows? Winter can be winter. April can be a bit of a weird month, but the worst of it is behind us. It's behind us. And that means that we can look forward to more sun and heat and warmth and all of that wonderful stuff. The bad news is the transition on our bodies from winter to spring is more of a challenging one. That transition and the transition from summer to autumn or fall, those are the two most difficult transitions in the year. Um, Going from spring to summer isn't that bad. And then going from fall to winter isn't that bad either. But these two cause more difficulties. So anybody who deals with digestive issues like irritable bowel syndrome. Um, Spring is a really difficult time for people who suffer from vertigo and anyone who has like a chronic ailments. So fibromyalgia, um, chronic fatigue, arthritis, all of these sorts of things tend to have more flare-ups in the spring and in the early fall. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, why that is, and some things we can do right now to help make that transition a little bit easier. So before I get too far into this, I just want to mention that I did do a similar or a sister episode to this back in the fall with some tips on how to make the transition to fall a little bit easier. So this is going to go right in along with that. If you missed that episode, go ahead and look that one up too, because there is some good information in there, some things that you can apply to your life all year long. And if you're looking for it, that was episode number 62, five things you can do to support your health during the transition from summer to autumn. But today we're talking all things spring. So the basis of today's podcast is Ayurveda. We've talked about it before. I'm going to keep talking about it because it is important stuff (laughs) and it's stuff that just plainly makes sense when you have it explained to you. Ayurveda means life knowledge. And basically the goal of Ayurveda is to help bring people back into balance each person on the face of this earth, and like I think animals too, because I can classify these cats. (laughs) I I can tell you what their dosha is. Anyway, each person is made up of a combination of three constitutions or doshas. We have our pitta, our vata, and our kapha. And every person is a combination of all three. There's nobody, I don't think there's anybody who is 100% of one. We all have all three in us, but most of us have one or two that are predominant. And then there are the seasons of the year that follow the same sort of thing. So we have the pitta season, we have the kapha season, and we have the vata season. And spring is our kapha season. It's the wet portion of the year. So really technically, I would say that the kapha season started earlier in the year. It didn't start here in April. We're getting closer to the end of it. Um, But this is when we really feel it the most, I find. So kapha, kapha, the elements of kapha are earth and water. 
So when you think about spring, you think about rain, it's raining right now as I'm recording this. We think about mud. I saw pictures of someone's road on the mountain yesterday and it's like impassable because it is so muddy. We think about cold because it's still cold. The ground is still cold. If you were to go try to dig a hole right now, it would still be difficult because the ground is still partially frozen. It's really quite cold. And then we think about summer, we think about heat, think about things being dry. So the elements of summer, the elements of pitta are fire and a little bit of water. Think about humidity, right? And then fall is the vada season. Fall, we think about wind. We think about the leaves falling off the trees. So movement, it's all about air and ether. It's all about dry movement. So we can start getting dry skin in the fall. We start wanting to eat heavier foods like the heavy casseroles and stews. In the summer, we're more interested in the light, cool meals like salads. Um, we do a lot of barbecuing. It's a lot lighter than other seasons. And in the spring, we're still kind of in that in-between place. Like you may want to eat more fresh vegetables, but they're not as plentiful. And your stomach probably doesn't digest them as well as it does in the summer months. And you're kind of getting over having stews and things, but this is still a good time of year to have those unctuous meals. Um, soups are really great in this time and we really benefit from starting to add in some spring fresh greens, um, but not a whole lot of salads. So when you see, or if you are a person who eats a ton of salad in the winter and early spring, and you find that you have a lot of belly bloating and maybe upset stomachs, it's probably related to the amount of raw vegetables you're having. Our digestion just isn't strong enough during the winter months to be able to handle a lot of tough raw vegetables. That's why stews and soups and things like that are your BFF. Um, summer, when things are fresh anyway, is the best time to be enjoying salads and fresh fruits and all that stuff. But yeah, this time of year isn't ideal to be just pounding back loads of fresh vegetables. Excuse me, I mean raw. You can have all the fresh vegetables you can get your hands on, but you're better off heating them up. Even this might sound a little bit weird, but if you even heat a salad up in a skillet for a minute, or you know, if you have pizza and you throw your salad on top and it kind of wilts the greens, warms it up a little bit, I mean, adding it on top after it's come out of the oven. Things like that can be really good because you're still getting the fresh, raw greens, but you've warmed them up a little bit. And the reason that's so important is when we think about these seasons, think about the weather and then picture that same thing happening inside of you. So we talked about spring and how it's wet and it's muddy and it's cold. So that is predominantly what's happening inside of our gut. Our gut is cooler it is wetter and it is a little bit muddy. So things don't move along as well as they should. Whereas in the fall, when it's all air and ether, there's a lot more movement. Things are moving very quickly, so quickly that we often end up with a lot of bloating again, gas, uncomfortableness. And in the summer, it's hot in there. It's hot. <laughs> there's a little bit of water, but it's mostly hot. So when you're eating food, just Imagine it being incinerated. But that also means that in the summer months, we don't want to eat a lot of super spicy foods because it's going to be hot on top of hot and it's going to be too hot. So <laughs> with that in mind, now is a great time of year to enjoy those spicier foods in the winter and early spring and fall months, enjoying those spicier foods because it helps to warm things up. If you listen to the fall episode, you'll know that those pumpkin spice spices 
are perfect because they are heating spices. There's a reason that we want those in the fall. So I digress because all of that really does not have a whole lot to do with today's episode because we're going to be talking about things that are not food related, that are not movement related, that you can do to help make this transition a little bit easier. So we talked about your stomach. Another part that we need to talk about is how this wetness, this cool wetness impacts our body. And the kapha time of year is the mucousy time of year. It's the time of year with body fluids. So people who tend to get a lot of like sinus infections and colds and things like that, it's worse this time of year. People who have asthma or have breathing issues often find them worse this time of year just because this is a season where it's easy to have that extra fluid congest you. And I mean, I know as soon as spring started to come, my allergies immediately, like my nose didn't stop running. I started sneezing and at first. I thought, oh my God, do I have COVID? But then I didn't sneeze anymore and I didn't have a cold. <laughs> so it's all of that, all that junk. And so what we're going to be primarily focusing on here is helping to get rid of some of that junk out of our system so that we can breathe better. We have a better respiratory system and it also helps because it makes us less likely to get some of those viruses and germs, which, you know, nobody wants those. We don't want those. So let's talk about a few things you can do during the month of April to help this transition, help get rid of some of that extra yuck and help you feel a little bit better. Sound good? Let's get started. So we really are going to just take a little extra care to help ensure the smoothest transition possible. These things are not going to take a long time. They're not. Most of them are going to take under a minute a day, under 10 minutes a week. Like we're not talking about a huge time investment because I know you got a lot of stuff going. You don't have time to spend an hour giving yourself, I don't even know, I have no examples, but you don't have an hour to spend on this every day, but you probably can find a minute because a lot of these things you can do while you're doing something else. So they'll help loosen up and clear some of this extra mucus and fluids, this kapha accumulation, and it's also going to start to strengthen your digestion, get it warmed up so you can transition. Now the first one is something that you can do for a week, but I wouldn't recommend doing this like every day for a month. That gets to be a little bit cumbersome, but you can do this one first thing in the morning, get it out of the way, and then you're done for the day. And that is to gargle with warm water and salt each morning when you wake up. So this helps remove, remove mucus buildup in your respiratory system and nasal cavity. And if you're feeling really wild and crazy, you can add some turmeric to your gargle water as well, because that has the added benefits of being a powerful anti-inflammatory. And this can also help to flush out viruses and bacteria that are trying to make their way into your system. So if you don't know how to gargle, you can look it up on YouTube, but if all else fails, just put the solution in your mouth and swish it around for 10 to 15 seconds and then spit it out. That is the important part is that you spit it out. You don't want to swallow this. We're trying to get rid of extra junk. Um, if you happen to swallow a little bit, like water and salt and turmeric isn't going to do any harm to you, but this is not something that you want to be just drinking. It's not, first of all, it's not going to be very palatable, but secondly, we're trying to get that fluid out again, right? So basically a cup of warm water, half a teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of turmeric powder, mix it around, gargle, spit it out, then put some more water in your mouth gargle or rinse it around and spit that out just to get any remaining stuff out 
And that's it. Do that every day for a week. And that is the first step in your transition. You may not even notice a difference, but sometimes not noticing a difference is the best difference of all, because that means that you don't have a whole lot of accumulation already. So that's week one. That's what we're going to do. Week two, you're only going to do this one time. So you need to set aside about 10 minutes for the whole week, the whole week. And this is going to continue on our mission to clear and cleanse the head and neck region because we're going to literally clean the head and neck region. One evening, you're going to wash and massage your face with a small amount of warmed coconut oil or grapeseed oil, olive oil or avocado oil is probably going to be too thick. So you want one with a lighter viscosity, Um, but any light oil will do. I'm not sure I would want to use plain cooking oil. Most people have coconut oil these days, though, so that would be my preferred version or preferred uh, solution. So you want to warm it up first. I usually just throw my jar of coconut oil right in the sink with some warm water to let it warm up a little bit. I use fractionated coconut oil, so that's the coconut oil that is a liquid at room temperature. If you were using regular coconut oil that's a solid at room temperature, I would probably take that out and put it in a little dish and a little bowl and maybe warm that up in the microwave just until it melts. You don't want it hot. You just want it warm. Okay. Um, I have actually made a video showing you how to wash your face using the coconut oil because we want to stimulate some specific marma points. Marma points are, um, they're like acupressure points. Actually, acupressure was developed from marma points. So a few acupressure points and you want to do it in a specific way because we want to stimulate some of the um, glands in the neck and through the sinuses to get some of that fluid moving, right? So I will link to the video in the show notes, um, but I'll also give you some information at the end of this episode as to how you can get it also. So you're going to wash the whole face And then after you're done, you're just going to take a really nice, warm, moist face cloth and you're going to put it on your face and relax for a few minutes while the heat and steam permeate. Now, if it is okay for you, you can lay on your bed with your head slightly tilted off the back of the bed or the side of the bed and have that over your face and you'll feel some fluid start to collect in the back of your throat. It's kind of gross, but... You want to, again, avoid swallowing. So you want to hang out here for about five minutes or until you can no longer resist the urge to swallow. So five minutes is really the maximum. You're not going to stay here for like 20 minutes and your head isn't fully off. It's just the back of your head's off just enough that your eyes are lower than your mouth, if that makes sense. And then you get up and you spit whatever is in your throat in the sink. You may find that you have to cough a little bit. You may find for an hour or two afterwards that you have to cough and you have to go back and spit a few times. Just because you're getting that mucus that's been stuck in your sinuses and stuck in all these areas, you're getting it out. So that's okay. And then after you do that, you can go back and do another gargle with your salt water and your turmeric if you wish. So that's a one-time deal. That's not something you're going to do every day or even every week. You're going to do it once. So if you wanted, you could do that one first get it out of the way, and then continue for that following week with your gargle and get it done. No problem. 
So the next aspect or the next task on your to-do list um, is going to be accumulation. So the kapha tendency to accumulate congestion is not just in our bodies with bodily fluids. It can be around us too. So actual physical possessions in our homes, in our closets, in our cars, in our lives, in our digital lives. So there's a reason spring cleaning is a thing because it's during the coffee season and sometimes we start to feel a little bit um, weighed down by all this stuff around us and it helps us clear some of that energy by getting it up and out. So your next challenge is to remove a five things from your physical space every day for a week. That could be five socks that no longer have a mate, five pieces of junk mail, five empty drink cups in your car, five shirts, five books, whatever, just five things that you have to remove from your space. So if you're dealing with junk mail, you have to put that junk mail in the garbage or in the recycling wherever it belongs. If you're getting rid of socks that have no friend, putting those in the trash or making them into rags, whatever you want to do with them, you have to actually take care of it. You can't just pile these things in a pile by your door because I know people and I know for most of you, you put that pile by the door and now that's just going to be a pile by your door for the next eight months. So no, you don't have to go to the Goodwill box every single day to get rid of your five things. But if your intention is to donate these things, I would take them out and I would put them in the front seat of your car. So each day, so that the next time you are out, you can go drop them off, get them out, get them out, get them out. Now, caveat. If you are a person who goes and gets their mail each day and comes home and sorts it and immediately gets rid of the junk mail, you can't count that as your accumulation dispersion for the day. If that is something that you already do, you can't count it. It has to be something that you don't do unless you're pushed a little bit. So for me, I usually empty all the garbage out of my car each time I get gas. So for me to count the five things that I remove from my car, it would have to be not during my usual routine. It would be, have to be something that's out of my usual routine. If you go through your sock collection every six months and get rid of all the ones that have no pairs, I don't want you to count that as your items for this week. I want you to do something that you don't normally do because we want to move a little bit of space that, or move a few items that wouldn't normally get moved. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. So total is 35 items. You could do this all in a day if you wanted to and get it done. Like you can do a lot of this in one day. You could do the whole 35 items in one day. You could do the face washing thing in one day and then you're going to gargle for the rest of that week. And then we add on our fourth thing, which is right nostril breathing. So if you took part in my March breathing challenge in the Well You Facebook community, you will already be aware of the right nostril breath. But if you're not, we'll tell you a little bit about it. Right nostril breathing means that you close off your left nostril, you breathe in through your right, and then you breathe out through your left. So you just keep going back, breathing in through the right, out through the left. So you physically close off one nostril, breathe in, breathe out. And the reason right nostril breathing is the one that I'm recommending here is because it is a warming and energizing breath. So it's going to help warm up your respiratory system. 
and again, help get some of that stuff moving. So for one minute, for seven days, for a full week, I want you to practice right nostril breathing, except, except if you are somebody who has unmanaged high blood pressure, then right nostril breathing isn't recommended for you because it is heating. For you, I'm going to recommend just equal ratio breathing. So just breathing in through your nose for four or five counts and out through your nose for four or five counts. So that is still going to help get the respiratory system moving, but it's not going to cause that same heating. So it's not going to impact your blood pressure. So those are the tips for helping to make that transition a little bit easier. See, I told you it was nothing scary. It's nothing scary. Number one, for a week, upon waking, cup of warm water, half a teaspoon of salt, maybe half a teaspoon of turmeric, stir it all up, give a gargle, spit it out, then rinse your mouth with regular water, spit that out, and go about your day. Well, one time, you're gonna wash your face, you're gonna do the massage, and remember, the link to the video is in the show notes, and that's just gonna help get rid of some congestion. I've done this a few times, and every time I've spent the afternoon or evening like <laughs> coughing, <laughs> And sometimes I'll get um, some seepage out of my eyes and have my nose running. You're just getting rid of that extra stuff. And that's what we want to do. And then the third thing is to get rid of 35 pieces of something out of your house or your car or your office. Things that you wouldn't otherwise have naturally gotten rid of. And then that right nostril breathing, breathing in through the right nose, out through, or right nose, right nostril, out through the left for one minute every day for a week. If you have high blood pressure that's not managed, just doing equal ratio breaths. So breathing in through both no nostrils, gosh, why am I stuck on you having two noses? Breathing in and out. And that is it. There are lots of other things that we can do to help this transition, but we need to keep things simple, right? And we need to make them manageable and we need to keep them things that you will actually get done. So that's why I've made this list because I think anyone can add this into their day, their week, their month. Now, if you've listened to this and you thought this is great, I'm never going to remember to do these things. Like Susie, I am literally not going to remember two minutes after I turn this off. I got, I got you covered. If you remember uh, the Facebook community, the Well You Facebook community, the challenge will be posted there, but I can do you one better. I have set up an email system that will just send you an email once a week for four weeks that gives you the challenge for that week. So it's coming right into your inbox because I know how easy it is to miss things when they come up in Facebook. Sometimes Facebook give you a notification. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you don't go on Facebook for a week and then you miss completely. Sometimes you just skip by, right? But if it's in your inbox, you're going to find it and then you can read it and you can do it and take care of it right then and there. So if you'd like to join the challenge via email, that link is going to be in the show notes, in the description. All you have to do is enter your email address. That's it. And then you will get the challenge delivered on a weekly basis for the month of April. Easy peasy. You can do this. This is going to help you get rid of some of that congestion, help to start warm up your digestive system and help you move into full on proper spring, feeling better and breathing better. So that is it for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope maybe you're interested in joining me for the April Ayurveda challenge. You already know all the ins and outs. There's nothing scary. There's nothing scary. So click the link to join the challenge 
or save the link on how to do that facial massage and facial cleansing if you want to do it on your own. And if you have any questions, let me know. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Oh, and if you want to join the Facebook the Facebook group, the link for that is below as well. Have a wonderful Easter if you're listening to this on release weekend. Otherwise, have a wonderful day and I will talk to you next time.